Hey, this is Jason Robinson, the senior pastor at Church of the King, and I am so pumped up that you are hanging out with us today on our podcast. I pray that God really speaks to you today and that you are inspired and encouraged to take on this life for Jesus. I want to encourage you to go on over to our website at cotk.org so you can keep up to date with everything going on. But you can only learn so much through a website and a podcast. Man, we'd love to meet you. Man, come check us out on one of our weekend services. Uh, You can see all of that online as well. So God bless you, and I hope this word ministers to you today. Church of the King, good to see all of you. If it is your first time here, let me just be the uh, first. If I'm not, I'm sure, I know our church, there's no way I'm the first, I'm probably the fifth, to welcome you to Church of the King. My name's Jason Robinson. My wife and I have the pleasure of serving you guys as the pastor of the church here. Uh, We are in the second part of a series that we're calling That Makes Sense. And so we're looking in the Bible, and let me tell you one thing about the Bible. The Bible, it's inexhaustible. In other words, you can read it for 50 years and on the 51st, you'll learn something that you didn't know before. The other thing you'll see is that it is multi-layered. I mean, they have all types of scriptures and books in the Bible that are poetic and that are prophetic and all these different deep meanings that are just amazing and awesome. But at the same time, accomplishing all that depth, the Bible is very practical and it has our just this principles for our every single day living. And so that's what we're leaning towards uh, over this series. Last week, I heard a lot of great feedback on why, why are we even here? What's the whole point? And we got real practical on what the Bible says on why we are here. And today I'm gonna do another practical message and it's gonna be very practical throughout this whole series. And just simply this, how to make and maximize your friendships. How to make and maximize your your friendships. Now, there are friendships throughout history that are powerful friendships that you all know about. Friendships like Batman and Robin, okay? That's that's a friendship you know about. Uh, How many of y'all remember, because it's not on the air anymore, but how many of y'all remember Bert and Ernie? Come on, anybody remember Bert and Ernie from Sesame Street? If you don't, Go look it up on YouTube. You need some Burnt and Ernie in your life, all right? Okay, also, going back even further than that, how many of y'all remember uh, uh, Charlie Brown and Snoopy? Anybody, Charlie Brown and Snoopy? Okay, all right, all right, all right. All right. So, uh, but out of all, those, all those, those relationships, I wanna go before that and, and find a basic uh, relationship, like, like one that goes much deeper in that, and that relationship uh, would be Boudreaux and Thibodeau, okay? That, that goes deeper than all of them, all right? So, so I, I said a Boudreaux and Thibodeau joke last week and, um, and I still caught grief from all my Cajun folk out there. Now, I am from New Orleans, but if, you don't, if you're not from there, you don't know. There's a difference between New Orleans and Cajun, all right? There is. And so I have just made a decision that I'm not even going to try to do the accent, all right? Because if I do the accent, it somehow comes out like I'm from Thailand or something, you know? I don't know. It's just how it works. And so all my Cajun people are disappointed in me. They want to leave the church, so I'm not even going to try, all right? But, but I have one for you. But actually, instead of Boudreaux in, in Thibodeau, this one's just about, about Boudreaux, okay? So so. Bad news, you know, Boudreaux passed away and goes to heaven and gets up to the pearly gates and he comes up to St. Peter and St. Peter goes, oh, Boudreaux, I tell you what, heaven's getting full. So, you know, you, you can't just come in. So you got to answer three questions. And if you get these three questions right, then you can come on in to heaven. And Boudreaux sat back and said, oh, I don't do too well a test. Uh, well, what's the questions? And he said, okay, the first question is, 
how many T's are there in, in a week? Like in each day, what, how, how many T's are there? Which ones start with the letter T? Because okay. He said, the second question is this, how many seconds are in a year? Boudreaux sat there and just listened. And then thirdly, what is God's first name? Boudreaux sat there and thought for a second and he thought, oh, this is tough. He said, St. Peter, can I think about this a little bit and come back tomorrow and give you the answers? He said, sure. So Boudreaux comes back the next day, goes to the pearly gates, says, St. Peter, I have the answers. said, okay, well, here's your test so that you can get into heaven, Boudreaux. Question one, how many T's are in a week? Boudreaux sat there and he thought for a second. He goes, I thought all night long about what this might be. And I learned there's two today and tomorrow. There's your two T's. There's two today and tomorrow. St. Peter looks at him and goes, whew, well... That's not quite what I expected, but you know, okay, I, I, get, I get where you're going, so we'll, we'll go with it. Goes to the set. Well, what about the second question? And he goes, he goes uh, so how many seconds are in a year? Boudreaux sat back and goes, I stayed up all night thinking about this one. He goes, there's 12 seconds in a year. St. Peter looks at him and goes, what? He goes, January 2nd. February 2nd, March 2nd, April 2nd, May 2nd. St. Peter goes, okay, Boudreaux, uh, that wasn't exactly what I was expecting, but uh, I'll let you pass with that one. And the third and final one, he said, what is God's first name? And he, Boudreaux said back, he goes, well, this was the easy one. See, I grew up in church, and I grew up in church where they sang hymnals all the time. Anybody in here grew up in church where they sang hymnals a lot of time? All right, so you'll understand this. Half of you won't, okay? And, and he said, so what's God's first name? Boudreaux said, that's easy. His name's Andy. St. Peter goes, his name's Andy? What are you talking about? And he, go, and he, starts, and he starts to say, we used to sing hymnals all the time in the church. And this is how we sing. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells. Okay, half of y'all got that. The rest of y'all, you just, we'll, we'll work on it with you, okay? We're going to try to figure that one, that one out. That makes, makes sense. Today, I want to talk about just how to make and maximize uh, your friendships. So we're going to look in Scripture. There's two, two books in the Bible that the most practical books in the Bible. It's Proverbs and James. Matter of fact, when I'm talking to someone and they start asking, Pastor, man, I'm a little intimidated by the Bible. And I start to focus them and say, hey, I want you to start reading here. I almost always start in the book of James. It's in the New Testament. That's after Jesus's story. And it's real short, easy, very practical. And then even in Proverbs. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the man who wrote Proverbs. His name is Solomon. He was the wisest king ever. Let me give you a little history, a little context, so you understand and trust the source that this is coming from. The first king of all the, the Jewish people was, it was King Saul, okay? After King Saul, the next king was King David. You may have heard of him, David and Goliath, David, a man after God's own heart. Now, David had a son, and his name was Solomon. And we see a story in 1 Kings chapter 3. God comes to Solomon as he's a king, and he asks him, hey, you can have whatever you want, just ask. And so the story shows that Solomon asked, this is what he said. He goes, I'm asking for wisdom, wisdom, and not just wisdom. He had a great reason behind it, a great motive behind it. He goes, to help lead these great people that you've given me. 
And we see that he's the wisest king ever, not because he's the wisest king ever, but because he cried out to God and God gave him a gift of wisdom and God gave him all of his wisdom. And he's the one who wrote Proverbs, okay? He wrote several books in the Bible. He's the one, the wisest man. The Bible actually has cool stories of how people from all over the world would come just to listen to Solomon because he was so wise. He had so much wisdom. By the way, James, that other practical book I was telling you about, it says this in chapter one. It says, if anyone lacks wisdom, just ask and he'll give it to you freely. Can I tell you what your pastor does pretty much every day? God, please give me wisdom to lead this amazing people of yours. As our church continues to grow and man, things continue to move forward and things are happening and exciting and just God doing amazing things. It's like, God, I, I need wisdom, Lord Jesus. And the Bible says, ask because he gives it freely. Man, if God's giving free, hey, ain't nothing like free. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Nothing like free. He said, God, I'll take that and I'll take some of that. And so this is what we're going to do. Talking about friendships, talking about relationships, talking about maximizing your relationships. I, I could have asked anybody to come here. And you might even think to yourself, you know, man, I wonder if we could get a guest speak, this guest speaker or that guest speaker. Man, they're so wise. They know the Bible so well. Let me tell you, they don't hold a candle to the guy we're going to learn from today. Okay. And it's the guy who wrote Proverbs who we keep talking about Solomon. And so we're going to look and look all throughout scripture, actually 12 scriptures, all from Proverbs today, all written by Solomon, the wisest king ever on how we can maximize and make great, great friendships. Why, Pastor Jay? Why are we talking about this? Why are we doing this? I'll tell you why. This is real simple. And it's right up there. You can write this down if you're taking notes. The greatest choice you will make is who you choose to do life with. The greatest choice that you will make is who you choose to do life with. First of all, the greatest choice you'll ever make is, will you, do you know God? Do you want to know God? Knowing God, asking him, seeking him. The second one is your spouse. If you're not married in here, the second most important decision you're going to make is who is your spouse? And third is who are you going to do life with? Who are going to be the people who are going to be, as we would say in student ministry all the time, who's your ride or dies? Who's your ride or dies? Who's the ones that you're going to do, do life with? This is what Solomon said in Proverbs 12, 26. He said, the righteous should choose his friends carefully, carefully. For the way of the wicked will lead them astray. So let me ask you a question right off the bat. Is there anybody that you could call right now if things were bad, if things were tough, or if you got some news you didn't want to hear, is there anybody in life that you could call right now that would give you godly advice that you need right now? Is there anyone? Is there? Okay, if there isn't, that's okay. We want to help you, and we want to help set the stage for you to help get there. This is also what Solomon said in chapter 13. I love the way the message version says this. It says, become wise by walking with wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Students, singles in here, if you don't get anything from this message, get what Brother Solomon said. King Solomon, become wise by walking with wise. Hang out with fools and your life's going to fall to pieces. It's that simple. You cannot hang out with fools all the time 
and think nothing's going to happen. Who you hang out with is who you are becoming. You hang out with godly people and you'll find yourself moving in a godly direction. You hang out with fools and you're going to become foolish. Hang out with people who compromise and see what they can do to get around what God says and you'll find yourself a compromiser. If you hang out too long with social media, then guess what? You will become insecure. That's what happens if you hang out too long with Facebook. It's interesting that every statistic shows, every single one says, the more time we spend on social media, the more loneliness begins to settle in on people. Isn't that crazy? All these different people you hang out with. You hang out with cowboy fans and you'll become annoyed and disappointed. Come on, somebody say amen in the house of God. Come on, anybody glad it's football season other than me? Come on, Katie football on Friday, LSU football on Saturday, Saints football on Sunday. It's a good weekend, y'all. From Texans, yeah, okay, yeah. All right, anyway. All right, moving right along. You know what Solomon said? Solomon said this in, in, in the 22nd chapter of his book, inspired by the Holy Spirit, said, don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people, or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. Whew. But he has some straight-up things to say. The wisest man ever. Because, see, you show me your closest friends, and I'll show you who you are becoming. So if who we choose to be friends with is determining who we're becoming, then what, what should that look like? What, what should... What, what should that be? I, I asked a question just simply like this. What does a godly friend look like? So if we really are looking for that, and, and really my desire as your pastor throughout this whole message, honestly, is not to preach a good message. That's not my goal. My goal is not for you to walk out these doors and be impressed by something I came up with that maybe you had not heard before. Let me tell you, my goal today is, my goal today is to set the table for you to give you opportunity to move into godly friendships that maybe you don't have or maybe more godly friendships that you didn't know was available to you. What I really want more than anything else, the last thing that I want is I don't want you to get in this rat race of life that you finally get to a level that you achieve what you always wanted just to look back and see you're the only one to celebrate with. Man, I don't want that for your life. Man, I want you to walk with people. I want you because I believe that life change happens best in your friendships, in your relationships. And all. So, so I, I tried to make a, an acronym just to make it easy for you. So what does a godly friend look like, okay? And I just did face, okay? It's like someone's face. And just real simple, faithful, accountable, committed, and encouraging. Faithful, accountable, committed, and encouraging. What does a godly friend look like? And let's see what, what, uh, what Solomon has to say about these things. What he's had to say about faithful. Proverbs 20, he says... Most men will proclaim each his own goodness. <laughs> men, aren't we good at that? We proclaim my goodness. Man, I'll tell you what, brother, I got some issues, but I ain't him. You know, my wife, she's lucky she got me. Come on, man, need, we need some Jesus up in here. But, 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 but who can find a faithful man? A British publication years ago did this, did this uh, contest. And what they did is they sent this contest out there and said, I want the best definition of a friend. And all these thousands of entries came in. I'm just going to read a couple of them to you. And I want to read to you the winner of it. I thought it was pretty interesting. 
This publication, all these came in and posted some of them. It said this, that, that one definition of friendship is one who multiplies joys, divides grief, and whose honesty is inviolable. Another said this, one who understands your silence. Come on, you know you have a good friend that when someone's quiet, you don't have to say anything because they know what's going on. But the winner of this British publication This was their definition. I really like this one. It says, a friend is the one who comes in when the whole world goes out. Come on, that's a good definition of a friend. A friend is one who comes in when the whole world has gone out. I think back on some of my friendships. I think of one of my my best friends, Danny Mike. I've known Pastor Danny Mike. So for any, if I got any Assembly of God-ites out there, I, I met him back in Royal Rangers Day, okay? So uh, that's, that's where we met, okay? We were little kids and did the, we became, became friends in teenage, our teenage years. And we actually had a deal as friends that at nine o'clock every day at our school, because we went to different schools, that on our walk from one class to the next, that we would pray for the other one, that they would make a great impact for Jesus that day. That was, that was one of my friends. This past summertime, going to Rev Camp, uh, when I went there, it's, it was in Lafayette, Louisiana. And I told my friend Danny I was coming, and he decided he's going to drive two and a half hours just to come hang out with me. But, and, and so he came over to, to hang out with me in Lafayette, and we had shrimp and oyster po' boy from Old Time Grocery. And if you are anywhere around Lafayette, you deserve to go stop at old time grocery. Don't judge it when you pull up to it, okay? Let me tell you, okay, this is just a little thing, you know, uh, everything's pristine and beautiful and nice around here and Katie in particular, no, when you go to Louisiana, if it's pristine and nice, pass it up. Go to the place where it looks like grandma been cooking out of the back, sweating, and it'll be the best gumbo you ever had in your entire life, all right? That's how it works, all right? And that's old time grocery. So we went to old time grocery and we're just sitting there talking and laughing and reminiscing about different things and talking about life and his kids and my kids. And I was just, ah, my friend, Danny, such a faithful friend, such a faithful friend. But more than just faithful, also accountable, accountable. A, a godly friend is a faithful friend, but accountable. Let me, let me tell you what accountability means. I wrote, I wrote this down. It means voluntarily giving another person authority to question you or correct you and to hold you responsible for your conduct. A lot of us like fans, but we don't like being accountable to different things. And it's amazing the people that have told me, and I won't even blame it on other people, the people I've told, I say, hey, listen, you have permission to speak into my life. Then they speak into my life. I'm like, hold on, brother, what you doing? Don't do that. That kind of hurt a little bit. But it's, it's accountable. Proverbs, our, our guy Solomon, as he's given us our tour guide through friendships, he's, he said this in chapter 27, verse 6. He said, faithful are the wounds of a friend. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. In other words, thank God for the friends that will tell you the truth. Except for the other ones who will tell you what you want to hear and watch you walk into your own destruction. Wow. Man. I want to say this, man. I'm proud of many people, even our church. I've had many men. I've gone up to many men myself and said, hey, listen, I'm trying to get better at this. You have full permission to call me out if I don't in this area here. 
I've said that. Why? Because I want to create an environment. I, I want to be a man. Of, I want to be everything God's called me to be. And I don't want my pride to hold me back. I need friends that are faithful, but also they're accountable. It's more than kumbaya. <laughs> hey, do you have someone that you've invited into your life? That you've given permission? Hey, man, I get negative thinking sometimes. And if, if I'm getting caught up in the Eeyore spirit, could you just stop me, please? I lost my tail. Can you stop me from that, please? You know, I mean, can you do that? Have you given someone permission into your life? Hey, if I miss church or I miss small group, can you call me and check on me? Ain't no amens for that one. Hey, if I'm treating the people I love the most, can you just say, pull me and say, hey, dude, look, look, that's not cool. Let's not do that. It's faithful. It's accountable. It's committed. See, committed. Solomon tells us in Chapter 17, he says, a friend loves at all times. But watch this one. But a brother is born for adversity. That means when all the junk hits the fan, he's there. She's there. And we're going to figure this thing out. I'm not going to run. You know what else it means? It means when you know God has put someone into your life, don't be quick to dismiss it. Can I just be honest? That's one of the things I have to be, I've had to be careful of and grow in. Because I have a high uh, per relationship, I, I know I'm good with people, I know people real well. There's times that people have hurt me and walked out, and when people have hurt me and walked out, I just thought, oh, I'll just have three, I'll get three more. Because I don't have a problem getting friends and relationships and all that before. And there's times, God, now God's helped me get past all this, where it's like, wait, 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 no, 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 no. Don't you see that this this is the plan of the enemy because I have supernaturally put a relationship in front of you. Some of you, let me encourage you, committed means don't dismiss a God relationship that God's given you. Fight through it. There's two types of people in the room. People who've been offended and people who have been offended more. If you have not been offended by me, hang out a little while. It's not because I'm trying to offend anybody, but I'm human. I'm going to mess up. And I'm not going to let something that God's birth be stolen away over an offense. I'm be let's be committed. There was one, <laughs> look, I was a youth pastor. This is the good news and bad news, okay? Is I was a youth pastor for 20 years. And you know what you do? I'm a professional chase kids down and tackle them, you know? That was kind of it, you know? Like they're avoiding church, they're avoiding church. Hey man, wait, wait, wait. I find out where they hang out, go find them, get in the car. It's Wednesday night, we're going to church. You know, I mean, that's just kind of what you did, you know? And so I've had a couple situations, even with adults, where it's like, okay, you know, there was a little, ah, oh, man, I miscommunicated, whatever it may be. And so it's like, all right, all right, all right, hey, how you doing? And, and I don't get a phone call back. I don't get a text message back. And I finally say, I am showing up to your house today at 630 and knocking on the door till you call me. Ring. Hey, man, how's it going? You know, I mean, so it's like, it's, why, why? I'm going to tell you this. I'm not going to let the devil steal what God's trying to do. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Man, you get in a relationship that you know that, this, that God brought this relationship to me, you're going to hit some hard times, and you're going to hit some difficult times. And let me tell you, when you're committed to fight through that, it guess what? It counteracts what the devil was trying to do. He was trying to bring division the whole time. And when you walk through some junk with somebody, guess what? It brings a unity. It's like, come on, let's charge hell with a water pistol together now. So faith, faithful, accountable, committed, and encouraging. I like to say it this way about encouraging. That friend, they take courage and they put it in you. That when you leave them, 
you're more encouraged than when you got there. You're more fired up than when you got there. 20, Proverbs 27, as iron sharpens iron, Solomon said, so one person sharpens another. Let me ask a question. When people leave you, are they better? When people leave us, are, are, are they better? When people leave me, I want them to be sharper, not more dull, <laughs> not duller. I want that. This past week, even my, my pastor called me and, and my pastor, Pastor Steve, he's absolutely my pastor 100%, but as we've grown older, he's really, he's become a friend too. We sat on the phone for over an hour, man. We just talked and we laughed and we joked and we talked a little bit about his life, talked a little bit about what's going on with me and talked about the church. I got off the phone and can I tell you, I got off the phone a better man, a better husband, a better pastor to y'all and a better man of God to take on this life. Man, that's, that's what a godly friend looks like. One that's faithful, one that's accountable, one that's committed and one that's, one that's in, encouraging. So here's my question. So do, do you have any godly friends around you? How about this? Are you being a godly friend to someone else? What? So here's the deal. If, if you don't have any, well, guess what? Solomon has something to say about that too. Solomon, the brother got it figured out. All right. And he's just walking us through this. The book of Proverbs. By the way, there's 31 Proverbs that you can go through. And no matter what I'm reading in the Bible, I always go back and read whatever the proverb is of the day. Today is August 25th. So read Proverbs 25 and 26. I always did because I want to just grow in that wisdom. He has a lot to say about just making friends. So we know what a godly friend is. So what is it making a friend? Proverbs 18, 24. This is what Solomon says. says a man who has friends must first show themselves friendly. If you want friends, you got to be friendly. Come on, you ever come to church or you ever go to the gym or a place you go pretty often and there's somebody and you swear that person hates you. You've never talked to them, but you're pretty sure they hate you because they have this look like they hate everybody. And if you get too close within the realm, you might get a haymaker or get shanked, one of the two, all right? And, and, and you just walk around. It's like, uh, I can think of a few where walking around, I'm like, man, that dude just doesn't like me, man just doesn't, I mean, what's his deal? And then you find out, you finally meet him and hang out with him, talk to him, and you find out, man, they're great. And you find out the whole time, hey man, I thought you hated me this whole time. And it's all because they just walk around like, what do you want to do? I want to work at the greeter table. No, brother, I love you, but there's another ministry for you. <laughs> you attend somewhere and that ain't it, all right? I'm just saying <laughs> I was on a mission trip one time with our students, brought 35 students to Mexico City. And we're there, and it's after the first day, and we're at a restaurant, and one of the interpreters there, uh, a guy, Hispanic guy right there from, from Mexico City that spoke both languages, one of our interpreters. We were sitting there at this large table, and I was there, and they had this one girl that was sitting next to me, and she, she kind of had that look, you know? And he looked at her, and he goes, excuse me, I have a question. Uh, are you happy? And she looked at him and goes, yes. He goes, well, could you tell your face that? <laughs> I'm like, all right. Point one, how to, make, how to make friends and influence people, you know, or point one right here. It's like, but be friendly. Be friendly. 
you know, stiffen arm people. So, so, so what's the first step of just being, making friends? It's, it's, it's being friendly. You know, I tell you what, I'm the kind of person, I'm going to tell you how it is. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to say what I want to say, when I want to say, and whether you like it or not, you take it or leave it, and that's the way it's going to be. Man, we're going to pray for your wife. That's what we're going to do. This is what Solomon says in chapter 15. A person has joy in the appropriate answer. How good is a timely word? So as I take these last just seven minutes and just lay this out to you, I, I, as, a, as your pastor, I'm going to make a deal with you. I'm going to make a deal with you, okay? I'm going to give you a little insight, a little, little fun fact about your pastor, okay, that you might find funny is I love wheeling and dealing in small things. I do. Like, like if we go somewhere, if we're traveling or whatever, and we drive by a pawn shop, I'm like, babe, we got to stop at this pawn shop real quick. Okay. I love going to pawn shops because either one or two things happen. Either they overprice something because they don't know what's going on, or they severely underprice certain things because they don't know what's going on. And I love to get it, flip it. It just, I don't know. Just, y'all pray for me. All right. So I just love that. And so I'm gonna make a deal with you. Okay. I'm going to make a deal with you because I am so committed to wanting you to walk in relationship, okay? This is what we're going to do. We as a church, we're going to set the table. Here's the deal. We will set the table. We will do the heavy lifting and all the work, okay? We'll do that. But here's your part. I need you to sit at the table, okay? I need you to sit at it, okay? So, so, so let, me, let me go there a little bit. So if, if our deal is this, we're going to set the table, why? What's the point? So, okay, I, you, you, Pastor Jay, you did it beautifully. So when's the small groups come in? All right. I see it. All right. I see it was so good. Pastor, way you like. when's the small groups come in? Do you know I'm not committed to small groups? Do you know what I'm committed to? I'm committed to you having godly relationships. And right now, the best way we know to do that as our church grows, how do we grow small while we're growing big is to set up small groups. Because I'll be honest with you, my wife and I would love to sit down with every single one of you consistently and have a deep relationship with all of you. Bottom line is, we know that's impossible at this point. And so what's the best way? You know, all I really want, if we find a better way other than small groups to get you in godly relationships and do life with one another and leave the door open for new people to come get saved and get connected, we'll do that. We'll ditch small groups and do something else. Why? Because I'm committed to seeing you get in godly relationships. That's what I want for you more than anything else. See, our small groups are just small groups. We're, we're, we're trying to accomplish three things. I'll just tell you. First thing is we, we want to provide a community for you so you can connect with some people, make some friends. The goal isn't to just go through the material. The, the goal is that you'll connect with some people and start doing life with. Hey, go work out together. Hey, go hunt together. Go fish together. Go hang out after church or, or whatever it may be. The second thing we want to do is help promote growth. So provide community, promote growth. It's, it's more than you just finding friends. That's important. We understand that. But we also know that the Bible didn't say go into all the world and make small groups. It said go into all the work and make, and make disciples. We want you guys to grow closer to God. I want you to become more of a man of God, more of a woman of God. We want you to, to know him. That's what we want. And the final thing is, man, we believe that through relationship, you're going to find your purpose. And you're going to find out God has, shifted, has, has created me for this. And so we say produce leaders because we want you to see your call and to run, to run after. That's, that's all we want. So, so here's the deal. I, I'm going to set the table and I'm going to ask you to do, do three things. Number one, I'm going to ask you to take a risk. I'm going to ask you to take a risk. Pastor, I tried to go to a small group once and they were all weird. 
you know, it's crazy, you know. You know, I drove up and I looked through the window and we drove off. I just, I just couldn't do it, Pastor. <laughs> well, Pastor, I was a part of a group and it was great. But man, there was some, some, got my feelings hurt for this. And we, they were invited. I, I, I understand it's a risk. I do. I do. And by the way, your pastor is not even immune to it. A couple weeks ago, my son and I went to what they call J.H. Ranch. It's like a father-son uh, ranch where they help you kind of grow. It's kind of like a step into manhood or adulthood. And we are there, and it's the first night, and the service is over, and we get to a certain part at the ranch, and all the students go upstairs where there's stuff for them to do, and then all the adults stay downstairs. So I'm sitting downstairs, and we had free dessert, and so... God knows, y'all know what I already said about free. And so I'm eating my dessert, you know, acting like I'm a different person, going to get some more, you know, all that kind of stuff I'm doing. And I'm sitting there by myself. And as I'm looking around, see, he's by himself. She's by himself. There's people. And then there's a group over here, about 10 people, and they're just laughing and cutting it up. And now, now here I am, pastor. I tell you all this all the time. I say this all the time. I'm used to meeting people. Look, when we started this church, I didn't know a soul. So if you stood in front of me too long, I was tackling you and telling you about the church. That's how it went, all right? So I get it. And so, and so I'm sitting over there, and, and subconsciously I'm thinking, I wish I was part of that circle. And as, but as I'm looking around, this person's by themselves, this person. And I consciously, intentionally had the thought, I've got to go talk to somebody. No one's coming to talk to me. I'm going to need to go talk to somebody. And I'm looking around and I see this guy and I'm like, this dude looks like my flow. So I'm going to go talk to him. So I walk over there. I start talking to the guy. Within a couple minutes, as we start talking, you could see him light up like a Christmas tree because he was over there with his ice cream too. We start talking. He's like this entrepreneurial guy in, in San Diego buying, selling business. Man, I just I find him somehow. And so, I mean, he's doing all this different stuff. And come to find out, his son makes surfboards and is sponsored by Hurley. Okay, you know Hurley, the clothes Hurley? And so he, one of his great friends that he, that he uh, um, surfs with all the time is Bob Hurley, the guy who owns it, who sold it to Nike, okay, as we're talking. And so he's telling me, that, so they're all Hurleyed out the whole entire time because it's one of his best friends. And we talking by the end of the week, we exchanged phone numbers and he said, hey, when you bring your next kid to go to J.H. Ranch, why don't you fly into San Diego? You can stay with me and my family. I'll teach you how to surf and introduce you to Bob Hurley. I'm like, come on, somebody. The favor ain't fair, you know, of the Lord God, you know. Bob Hurley gonna say, what do you need? I'm gonna say $3 million so we can get into this building paid off. That's what I'm saying. I ain't scared. Pastor, go for the jugular, I promise you. All right? I'll close the deal. Don't you worry. Don't worry, your pastor isn't in Starbucks. Go, Lord, just bring it to me. No, he pastor going for it, all right? Anyway, I would have never had that option if I didn't take the risk. Now, will that happen? <laughs> if it's up to me, it will happen, I promise you. I mean, what risk that if you step out, what could be on the other side? What could be on the other side? I know there's two great fears in life, the fear of failure and the fear of rejection. But here's the crazy thing. We're all going to fail and we'll all be rejected. So the question isn't if it'll happen. The question is, what do we do with it when it does? Do we stay held back or do we step forward again? 
That's why the Bible says that, you know, there's 365 times in the Bible where it says, fear not. One for every single day to remind us, don't fear. This is what Solomon says about fear. In chapter 29, he says, the fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. I like the way the message says this. It says it this way. The fear of human opinion disables. In other words, you have, you're able, you have an ability that you bring to a church, that you bring to the table, that you bring to a relationship. You have this ability, but if you fear what man's opinion will be, you will hold back that ability and therefore hold back the church from what it's called to be. Wow. But trust in God who protects you. Second thing. So number one, what am I, what am I asking you? Take the risk. Be intentional. Proverbs 21 says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty. When someone makes a plan, that means they're thinking about it. They're being intentional. I want to encourage you. Man, take the risk and then be intentional with friendships. Man, ain't nobody asking me to lunch. You ask them to lunch. Nobody asked me. For that. Well, you ask them. Be, be intentional. Connect. Why? Because the people that you're connecting to, the people that you're friends with, are who you're becoming in the years to come. And finally... Be committed. Be committed. Be committed. Just give us small groups. I, I totally meant to look this up. Is it 12 weeks or 14 weeks? Small groups. I believe it's 12 weeks. I believe it's 12 weeks. And so is it 12? It's usually 12. It's 12 weeks long. That's shorter than a football season, y'all. Hey, be committed to it, man. Just, just get in there. Don't let things get in the way to try to distract you. I just want you to know this. I promise you, I promise you this whole message. Hear your heart of your pastor. It's just coming from your pastor who wants you connected in relationship. Maybe you're the kind that, hey, you have one friendship and you're good. Two friendships, you're good. That's awesome. And if you have that, that's great. But I know there's so many people always moving in. And man, I don't want you to miss out on what's available to you. It's there. I want you, you, many of you guys, y'all had this when you walked in. This is just giving you a little insight on all our small groups. You can sign up today, the next two weeks. Everything is online. Matter of fact, the way they designed it on the way out, it's like an expo, just so you know. As you walk out each day, it's like you have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So that's kind of how the days are as you go out there. Man, peruse around, look around into this. You know, there's so many. I hate to even, like, I hate to like highlight too many of them here, but I, I look in here and I see right off the bat, I think John and Leah Kimbrough, I just saw Leah step out just a second ago with financial peace. Man, if you're struggling, if you're in debt and you don't really have a plan getting out of it, man, swallow your pride, take the risk and take this class. Can I tell you at 18 years old, my parents did not manage money very well. At 18 years old, somebody handed me a book. It ended up being a book like this by Dave Ramsey. I didn't even know who it was or nothing. I read it at 18 years old. And you know, I still do the practices and also do the practices of the finances of this church, which we are so strong financially where we at from something I read at 18 years old. And so I'm telling you, oh, and that's the class that they're doing here. Also, I wanna mention as well, uh, we have a safe group. What do you mean? All small groups are safe, whether it's confidential. If you have something in your heart and you wanna share, you know, as long as it isn't gonna hurt you or hurt somebody else, you know, they'll keep it confidential. But there's a safe group down here by Patrick and Stacy Thibodeau. Patrick has an amazing story of how God straight up delivered him from, from just addiction. 
just amazing story. And then his wife has an amazing story of how God was showing her that she was codependent and she was empowering him the wrong. And they have, a, and they it's always been in their heart to do that. You have an addiction. You have, by the way, if you have a friend, they don't have to go to this church that's struggling addiction. That's even better that they, if they don't come here as well. God's going to save them, get them on the right path. Man, I, I want to encourage you that. Maybe you're here and you're like, I'll tell you what, Pastor. I want the meat of the word. Come on now. You know, I don't want no, you know, five, you know, five roses and how they represent Psalms. You know, I don't want none of that. I want the depth of Nahum. Oh, just whatever, you know. The book. I, I want to encourage biblical foundations. You need to get grounded in the word of God. You want to go through biblical foundations and our resident doctors in theology back there past come on pastor bishop dr randall mooney back there is going to be teaching that class you want listen you'll learn more in one sitting down with him than you probably will in months because the brother is full of the word of god i I, I could just keep throwing stuff out there for you but i just want to encourage you get in there get in there last thing that i have to end with this solomon said this we believe that that each person that wrote their part in the Bible that that they it was in their hands but I'd like to say it this way but the Holy Spirit had the pen and it was written and it's God's word and he didn't even know of a Jesus or anything coming up but he said this he said in Proverbs 18 he said one who has unreliable friends comes to ruin but there is one friend that sticks closer and even a brother does. Praise God, hallelujah. So, what did I say at the very beginning? The most important choice of your life will be who you choose to do life with. And it would be wrong for me to walk out here and not say, have you chosen to follow Jesus? Have you chosen to give your life to Jesus? Because by the way, you can join every, you can go to every one of these small groups. You can find a way. You can Skype one in while you're sitting at another one if you want to. It'll all be good. But it'll never fill the heart that only the one who sticks closer than brother, Jesus, can. Have you met Christ? If you haven't, you can before you leave here. I just want to say a simple prayer with you. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. If you're in here and you've not surrendered your life to Christ, you don't know this Jesus but you want to before you leave here today, I, I want to say a prayer for you. With no one looking around, I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise you would never do anything like that. But I'm going to ask you to take a risk. I, I'm going to count to three. And when I say three, if you'll just take a look at me real quick, I want to know who I'm praying for. I just want to simply pray for you. If you're in here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you want to before you leave here, would you take a look at me in one, two, three? Anyone in here? I need a relationship with Christ. I don't have a relationship with Christ, but I want one. Anyone in here? I'm looking around. I'm looking around. Anyone, anyone? Anyone in here? Okay. Okay. Well, church, I want to say this prayer anyway, because I want to just say it, because you never know. Maybe someone didn't quite have the courage in their heart to take a look at me, but they have the courage now that they, they really want to surrender their life to Christ. So let's just say this together. Let's say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today, and I need you. Forgive me for my sin. Come into my heart and take my life. I give you my past, my present and future. From this day forward, I belong to you. In Jesus' name.
Jesus' name. Can you guys stand up real quick? I'm going to pray for you. Let you get out here, peruse the tables on the way there. And man, let's get connected this semester and let's just see God do some amazing things. Father, I thank you for your people today. Lord God, I pray your favor would surround them as a shield, Lord God. And I pray you would go with them today, Lord God. And Father, I pray they would build your kingdom in all that we do. We love you. We praise you, God. I pray today would be the beginning of godly, deep-rooted friendships going forward in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen, amen. Can we give the Lord a hand real quick? If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. We'll have our prayer team up here. Other than that, you guys are dismissed. Have a great, great weekend.